Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for choosing The Grace Curley Show on this Wednesday afternoon. We have a lot to talk about. The New Hampshire primary was yesterday, and there's big doings. There's big news. Nothing that really should surprise anyone. Um, Nikki Haley lost in a in a big way, in a spectacular fashion, you might say. Trump actually had 54% of the vote, and Nikki Haley had 43%. And in case anyone is wondering about how many Republicans were voting in the Republican primary, I actually have a sound cut for you that describes this. And we're going to kind of go over some of the basics of last night, and then I'll give you my takeaway. But I wanted to play, uh, Jared, can I have Steve Kornacki first explaining the breakdown of how many Republicans were voting in the Republican primary? We asked folks coming into the polls, do you identify as a Republican? Do you identify as a a Democrat? Or do you identify as an independent? And here's what we found in this exit poll so far. And I think this jumps right out at you. A minority of voters in this first wave of the exit poll in the Republican primary identify as Republicans. A majority 53% identify as either independents, 45%, or, and this is a high number historically, 8% identify as Democrats. For some context here, in 2016, the last competitive Republican primary, presidential primary in New Hampshire, the electorate was 55% Republican. It was 42% independent, and it was 3%. Democratic. Mm. So in this initial wave, you're seeing some significant differences from 2016. Yeah. And that was what Trump kept talking about, was that there was going to be a a big spite factor in the people that were coming out to vote. That's a powerful motivator, you know, wanting to get Trump or wanting to stick it to Trump. Or as Adam Kinzinger said, wanting to see Trump's orange face turn red. Obviously, it was not a success. Mission not accomplished. But that was the attempt. And I think that, you know, we talked to John Daniel Davidson from The Federalist about this, but Nikki Haley keeps using that as a reason why uh, she can bring people into the tent. You know, look at how many independents, look at how many Democrats I'm getting to vote for me. But they're not voting for her because they're going to vote for her in the general. They're voting for her because, like I said, they want to take a shot at Donald Trump. And that's their way of doing it. And she's not making the argument she thinks she's making, you know, trying to tell us, hey, look at all these Democrats who like me. If people are already suspicious, you're a a swamp creature, that you're a rhino, that you're you're a turncoat and you're going to you know, stab us in the back. I don't know if telling us that Democrats really like you right now is a great tactic. So it was a trouncing for Nikki Haley. But I, I should add this in. You would never know it based off her speech. 
because Nikki Haley was acting like she had a great night. Uh, I actually want to play this. This is Nikki Haley cut 23 from last night. Now you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves saying this race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. This race is far from over. There are dozens of states left to go. You've almost got to admire the delusion. You know, she's really, it's, the vibe I was getting from the speech was a little bit Stepford. Like, she's just not going to accept the idea that uh, this was not a success, that she's not going to win this. And you know the the phrase that kept coming into my mind was path to victory. We heard that recently with DeSantis. That's usually how people end their campaigns or, you know, suspend, pause their campaigns as they say, I cannot see any realistic path to victory. There no longer appears to be a path to victory. And that would be my question if I were a reporter for Nikki Haley is what is your path to victory? Because otherwise, it seems like you're just staying in this for you. And I was I was very taken aback by just how how deep in denial she seems. And this is obviously a strategy. I'm not saying she's actually this delusional, but this is the strategy she's putting out there is I'm going to go out and I'm going to pretend. And to be fair, she did this after Iowa. She said it's a two-person race and then DeSantis made it a two-person race. So maybe she's just one of these people who like cuts up pictures from a magazine and, and puts them on a board and tries to manifest them into existence. If I say it enough, it will come true. Maybe that's what she's going for. But Trump was also kind of perplexed by this. Let's have, um, this is Donald Trump last night, cut 24. And she was up and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. <laughs> she didn't win. She lost. And, you know, Last last week, we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around. I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. Yeah. And like I said, though, it worked for her in Iowa. So maybe she's just hoping that she can make it happen twice. But the question, obviously, now... I, I would say the question is, will she drop out? But I'm starting to get concerned that the question is... Will she ever drop out? Like, oh, when? At first, you kind of think, when is she going to drop out? Is it going to be before South Carolina, which is February twenty fourth? Is it going to be right after? Does she wait for those results and then says, okay, you know, if I lost my home state so badly, then obviously there's no path to victory here. But now I'm wondering, will she ever drop out? Like, she sounds like someone who's in this for the long haul, no matter what the outcomes might be. And there was a few conservative talking heads today that made the point, and I, and I actually do agree with this, why would she? Like, it benefits her right now to stay in it. I mean, if the pro-Haley establishment PACs are going to continue to light their money on fire, why would you stop them? I mean, for her, this is, the, the longer she does this, the more of a campaign or the more of a uh, profile boost it is. We know that running for president at this point is a career. Just look to Chris Christie. You know, and, and the longer you stay in it, the more padding you're giving to this 
future career of, I don't know, going on CNN. Going, I can already see it now. Can't you already see this? I can already see Nikki Haley as an analyst on CNN or MSNBC or sitting at the round table. You know, you know, she actually probably is more she's more of an ABC kind of girl. I could see her doing the morning shows on ABC, getting a fat check for it. So why would she drop out? Now, the only reason she would drop out is if what she's been saying is true. And what she's been saying is, I want to defeat Joe Biden. I want the Republican Party to defeat Joe Biden. That is my number one priority. If that is truly her number one priority, then she would drop out. But I don't think it is. I think Nikki Haley's number one priority right now is Nikki Haley. I don't I don't think she cares. And and just for the record here, the the no labels party, which is always kind of looming in the background. Like they're always throwing up these things. Ooh, don't think that we're not gonna do something. We might. Joe Manchin, Mitt Romney, who knows? Now they're saying, oh well, if Nikki Haley doesn't get the Republican nomination, which spoiler alert to the no labels party she's not gonna get it then she could run as a no labels candidate and she says no i don't want that again they're not helping she she probably wants to say to them hey guys shut up i'm trying to convince people that i'm not a joe manchin type that i'm not a mitt romney and you floating me as a potential no labels candidate isn't helping my cause but really when you think about it if all of these PACs are going to keep pouring money into her campaign. By the way, they spent $31 million for her to get 43% of the vote. Donald Trump's uh, PAC spent $15 million for him to get 54%. But why would she stop unless she actually is as afraid of Joe Biden winning the presidency again as she claims? Because that's what she keeps telling us. Oh, we can't, we can't afford four more years of Joe Biden. If she really believed that, now would be the time to put her ego aside and throw her support behind Donald Trump and say it's just too important. You know, now we have to we have to rally around Trump and we have to win this. We have to win the White House. But if they want to keep letting her run for president, why would she stop? And there's so many different elements of this that I want to break down. But by staying in the race... Trump has to keep spending money against her. He has to keep using his money, not his money, but the PAC's money to run these ads, to run against her. And it would be more beneficial for all of us who want to see Joe Biden defeated in 2024, which I I still can't believe we're in 2024. It would be more beneficial for all of us if Nikki Haley would step aside. Now, the, the, the argument that I want to talk about, and we can talk about this in the first hour, we're going to take all your calls, especially people from New Hampshire. If you're surprised, if I don't think anyone's really surprised, but maybe I'm wrong. But the part of this that I'm so sick of hearing about from people, and, and there's been a lot of, uh, they'll, they'll do like man on the street interviews with New Hampshire voters who are saying, well, Nikki Haley can beat Joe Biden because of all the polls, all the polls show that She's the candidate who can beat Joe Biden. Yeah, maybe now because the media hasn't sunk their teeth into her. You don't think she's going to get the John McCain treatment? You don't think she's going to get the Mitt Romney treatment? You don't think she's going to get the George Bush treatment? You don't think she's going to get the Donald Trump treatment? If she were the candidate, which again, ifs and buts here, I mean, it's not going to happen. But let's just pretend for a second that she did become the nominee. 
They would tear her to shreds. They wouldn't give her the kid glove treatment. They wouldn't. They, all of this newfound respect that they're telling you about Nikki Haley, like, oh, she's really the one to beat. And, you know, she's really. Oh, and you have all of these talking heads saying, you know, Donald Trump's afraid of her. He's afraid to debate her. They would destroy Nikki Haley if she were the nominee. She would be she would be Hitler. You think she's going to get a pass from being Hitler if she were a threat to Joe Biden? She would not. Trust me on that. 844-500-4242. There's so many other parts of this that I want to get into. I want to get into the mental acuity conversation because that's kind of the road Nikki Haley's going with when it comes to trying to poke the bear, trying to get under Donald Trump's skin. She's focusing on his age. Um, I don't think it's going to work, and I'll explain why when we come back. The number is 844-500-4242. We've got tons of sound today. Everybody was melting down last night from Rachel Maddow to Van Jones to Joy Reid. We've got it all for you. We've got a great show planned. Do not go anywhere. We are breaking down the New Hampshire primary, and this is The Grace Curley Show. Follow Grace on Twitter at G underscore Curly. This is the Grace Curley Show. The people that get paid so much money to be on TV, to be on these shows that nobody watches, they have no ratings whatsoever. They're such morons. And sometimes I'll try to find other words to describe it. Sometimes I have more patience. Sometimes I've, I've had more sleep the night before and I'm not so angry, but not today. I mean, Rachel Maddow giggling about how she doesn't think Trump is leading with a lot of youthful vigor. These same people who, they were like gone for the last four years. They didn't acknowledge the fact that the current president of the United States can't get up a flight of stairs, doesn't know where he is, can't, can't ever do a press conference, can't meet with the mayors without a cheat sheet, can't walk without someone holding his hand. And you're going to lecture us on how you don't think Donald Trump, who does speeches for two plus hours, how you don't think he's, uh, he's got enough energy. You don't think he's youthful enough. Shut up. Do you hear yourself? Do you hear yourself? You massive hypocrites. Where were you for the last four years? Remember when, remember when Trump was president? Yeah, I remember. Glory days, right? And we used to hear about the 25th Amendment all the time. The way he drank water yesterday was so weird. Something's not right. He held on to the banister when it was raining. 25th Amendment, please. And then you've got Joe Biden, who is, I'm going to say, a couple hours away from walking out with no pants on. And these people don't say boo. And then they're going to come back to their chairs four years later and go, I don't really know if, if Trump's as sharp as he once was. I don't really know who takes your opinion seriously. You guys are frauds. You are such losers. And by the way... The L.A. Times is laying off all these reporters and all the people in the media are like, I can't believe people are celebrating this. Too bad. Too bad. You're the same people who told all the coal miners to learn to code. 
Okay, you're the same people who cheered and celebrated when people who didn't get vaccinated lost their jobs. So, yeah, I don't feel bad for you. I really don't like learn something else, I guess. I don't feel bad. They want it every which way. Like they can celebrate when other people lose their jobs. They can criticize Donald Trump for any little mistake he makes. By the way, the guy's talking. It's not even like apples to apples. You've got Donald Trump who talks no teleprompter for hours on end and answers every question under the sun. And then you've got Joe Biden who doesn't see the light of day for more than 20 minutes. And when he teach Donald Trump a valuable lesson. And when he does Don't speak, mess with the men in America unless you want to get the benefit. That's what you get. That they let him out of the basement for 45 seconds and he manages like 15 gaffes. But you're going to compare that to Donald Trump? It is infuriating. It is infuriating. And I can't believe... It's like they don't hear themselves. Tom, you're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Tom. Grace, thank you for taking my call. I uh, I really appreciate your perspective. It's like you're speaking for me. I listen every day. Thank uh, you, sir. That being said, uh, last night, Nikki Haley, I let, you know, you... you 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 made the uh, assumption, okay, she becomes the nominee. Let's go a step further. Let's assume she, she, God forbid, gets the presidency. That face she came out with last night, that lion face, like everything was okay. I'm the winner. If she pulls that off last night, that act, how, we could never trust a word she said. She could lie bald-faced to you right at the camera, and that was quite a performance last night. Yeah, and you know what, Tom? A lot of people, like I'm actually part of the camp where... Um, I understand why people are very skeptical of Nikki Haley. She's never bothered me. Like, I would never say that I, I disliked her, is I guess how I would put it. But I'm understanding now how she's grading on people. And I understand now how she's getting comparisons to, like, Liz Cheney. Because there's something about her that is very inauthentic. And I was talking with my editor from Spectator, and he was asking me, you know, he's from he's from England, and he was asking me about New Hampshire. And I told him, I said, listen, I'm not like a political New Hampshire, you know, insider or anything like that. But my sister-in-law is from New Hampshire. And I said, they're very proud. And they, they're very paranoid about getting burned. Like, they're able to look at politics almost like people looked at politics before Trump. They're able to kind of compartmentalize, not take everything so personally, but they do not like phonies. And that's exactly what Tom's hitting on. There was something very phony about the way she came out last night. And almost a little bit Kamala Harris-esque in the way she was talking to people like we were all in kindergarten. Just a few of my takeaways. Oh, my God, Jared. It's 1228, and I've already, my blood pressure's already through the roof here. We're going to keep talking about this. I'll play some of the sound from the talking heads when we come back. 844-500-4242. Don't go anywhere. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone. You know, I've been here now at the Howie Carr Radio Network for almost 10 years, if you can believe that. And I've kind of done a lot of different jobs here, but one of the jobs I did for a pretty long time was I would pull sound for Howie Show. And I would always look for the most outrageous sound cuts of the day, like the Rachel Maddows, the Van Joneses. 
And I would go into Howie's office and I would say, oh, you got to hear this cut from Van Jones. It's going to drive you crazy. And a lot of times Howie would say to me, I can't, I can only take so much of that. Like if you can get it down to 15 seconds, fine, but I'm not going to put people through that. And now that I've been doing this for a while, I understand how he feels. Like I see these headlines of Joy Reid or Rachel Maddow and I think I can't put people through that. I I can't. A friend of mine just texts me and goes, hey, don't forget that on CNN they had Daniel Dale, the fact checker, fact checking Trump's speech while he spoke. I can't pull that. I'm not trying to kill people, you know, I'm trying to entertain to a degree. But last night we had a lot of hot takes from the media about Donald Trump's big win. And in fact, I think it was Lawrence O'Donnell who didn't even think that Donald Trump had a big win. He thought it was a bad night for Donald Trump. I don't know what kind of math, what kind of numbers Larry's crunching, but that doesn't make a lot of sense to me. But I wanted to play uh, some sound cuts of Rachel Maddow because I thought this was pretty amazing. Let's start with cut one, please. I, I think that there's a very simple reason that Trump is making that the closing argument in what may be the last contested primary. And it's because that's really what he's offering. I mean, this is the special sauce. Donald Trump is not leading the Republican Party and leading the Republican field of candidates because of his youthful vigor <laughs> or because of his uh, you know, policy preferences wait, wait, or because on, of his hold eloquence. On. Hold on. Who's that giggling in the background? That's the circle woman herself, Jen Psaki. I thought so. So the woman who was the press secretary for the guy who's currently in the White House who, again, spends most of the day eating pudding and trying to remember where he is. The same woman who I believe at one point, Jared, told me that her boss cared so much about the bank collapses and she could prove it because he actually got up and delivered a speech before 9 a.m. And he doesn't do anything before 9 a.m. She's now giggling about how Donald Trump lacks youthful vigor. Where were these people for the past four years? Does anyone want to ask that? Like, what about your guy? Do you really think, is he is he making people feel confident that he's this young whippersnapper? And by the way, I should mention this about Joe Biden because, you know, Trump got a lot of attention last night. Nikki Haley got a lot of attention. But Joe Biden did something that I think is really important to note. And I think it's really important for the media to keep in mind. Election deniers can be Democrats, too. That's that's a lesson that I want everyone in the media, even the people at the L.A. Times. If you've still got your keyboard in front of you, jot this one down before you before you let the door hit you. Okay, Joe Biden shows up in Virginia. To deliver some half baked speech about God knows what. And this is how he kicks it off before the hecklers intervened. This is cut 17. Hello, Virginia. And the real governor, Terry McAuliffe. I'm sorry, excuse me? The real governor is Glenn Youngkin unless we don't believe elections anymore. Unless you're trying to incite an insurrection and you're trying to overthrow our democracy then I'm pretty sure the real governor is Glenn Youngkin. And the reason why, Joe, and I'm sure you were 
watching, you know, some rerun of MASH at the time. But the reason Terry McAuliffe lost that was because he tried to tell parents they shouldn't be involved in their kids' school curriculums. And they didn't like that very much. They didn't like being told that it's none of their business what their kids are learning at school. Now, if you were smart, which you're not, if your party was smart, which they're not, you guys would learn a lesson from that. But based off everything I've been seeing, that is not the case. 844-500-4242. We are going to take your calls regarding New Hampshire. And like I said, there's so much sound to get to from last night. But before I head into the sound, let's go to the calls. Bill, you're next up. Go ahead, Bill. Hey, how you doing? I'm great, Bill. What's going on? I, um... Well, I, I voted yesterday, and it's unique up here in the fact that you can declare yourself for anything, right? I'm an undeclared. I declared Republican, but I had to fill out a form to remain undeclared afterwards. So Democrats had to do the same thing if they voted Republican. And I saw this huge pile of Democrat, you know, I want to stay Democrat in the little box that you put them in. So I believe half of Haley's support yesterday came from Democrats and undeclared. Yeah, I, I wouldn't disagree. And, and Bill, Donald Trump had said this, and this was something he got fact-checked on. He said, oh, you know, Democrats are going to vote for Nikki Haley to try to goose her numbers, to try to spite me. I, I'm paraphrasing a little bit of what he said, but that was his overall message. And who came out for that? Again, the fact-checkers who've been on a perma-vacation for the last four years have been showing up. They've been coming out of the woodwork to fact-check these Pretty, uh, I would say, pretty accurate statements from Donald Trump. And no, uh, of course, Bill, of course, I, I keep telling people this, despite, you know, it's it's a good motivation for people. They want to spite Trump. They want to get Trump. And that's the way to do it. Uh, another cut here that I wanted to play, because now, again, mental acuity is coming back into the conversation. This was a huge part of the conversation when Trump was president. And then it went away. And now it's back, baby. Now you're allowed to talk about mental acuity again, youthful vigor. You're not going to be labeled ageist if you bring up age. Um, and as long as you're bringing it up about Donald Trump, don't bring it up about Joe Biden. OK, because he's fine. His his staffers can't even keep up with him. And they're only like 35 years old. They can't keep up with this guy. He's got so much energy. Now, with that being said, Another person who wants to talk, who wants to throw stones about youth and energy and uh, being coherent in any way, shape or form is none other than Nancy Pelosi. I've never in my life come across people with such little self-awareness. They make Michael Scott look like he had a really good handle on things. They're out of their minds. Nancy Pelosi is on television talking about Donald Trump's cognitive capabilities. Can I get cut 15, please? Well, let me just say I'm not going to spend too much time on Donald Trump's uh, cognitive disorders. But I, what I am going to say, and I want to, in friendship, say to Chris, he tried to say that Nikki Haley did not allow the National Guard to come, but it was Nancy Pelosi. It was ne- nobody. It was Joe. It was Donald Trump. I'm confused. Hmm? 
you should have stayed on the coherent, you know, cognitive issue thing because then you you kind of went on a separate tangent and you lost me there, Nance. By the way, all this could be cleared up pretty quickly if you just sat down and answered some questions. Remember that was when the J6 committee, that that's when they really just called the whole thing off. It's like, let's call the whole thing off. When they said, well, Republicans said, okay, well, yeah, we'll let you ask some questions. We'll, we'll let you ask some questions and we'll call up somebody that we want to ask questions to. We'll call up Nancy Pelosi. We'll ask her some questions. Oh, you know what? We're all set. Close the book. I think we're all good. No more J6. We're moving on. Yeah, that was the second impeachment. Yeah. They didn't want Nancy Pelosi to have to answer any questions. And it would be pretty easy. Those are things we should know by now. I wanted to throw something else out there for people because I've been thinking about this um, not for a long time since I woke up this morning, though. He, I, I've, been, I've been hearing from women who say, you know, oh... I don't like Donald Trump or I don't like his personality and I want I like his policies, but I don't want the baggage. I want things. Remember when when Biden won and everyone was saying, oh, I just want things to go back to normal. I want the adults back in charge. I'm tired of the drama. And uh, we had some callers over the last couple of days making that case to people saying you got to get over it. You know, we, we, we've got bigger fish to fry than Trump's personality or Trump's social media activity. You've just, you've got to put the country first at this point and you've got to get Joe Biden out of there. Well, I'd make another case to you that didn't dawn on me until today. Whether you vote for Trump and whether Trump wins or not, we are going to be hearing about Trump for four more years. You're going to go to the Boston Globe. You're going to go to... Well, maybe the L.A. Times, maybe you won't be able to. You're going to go to all these websites. You're going to turn on all these TV shows, and they're going to be talking about Donald Trump. So here's what I'm letting you know. You either are going to be hearing about Donald Trump all the time, but not reaping any of the benefits that come with his good policy. Or you're going to be hearing about Trump all the time. They're going to be whipping themselves up into a lather over this guy. But on the plus side... You, you the inflation will be down the border will be secure crime will be down your life will be better maybe the, the world will be a, a little bit more peaceful like it was when trump was president and so all i'm telling you is whether or not he's in the white house they're obsessed with him they're going to talk they're going to make everything his fault they're going to make everything about him so let them do that but at least give yourself at least give yourself the benefit of being able to enjoy life under his administration. Because it's not like, oh, oh, Trump lost, so they're going to stop talking about him for four years. We, we saw that. We saw, have they stopped talking about him? Everything's been his fault. He's still the center of all of their worlds, whether we're talking about Lawrence O'Donnell, Rachel Maddow, Liz Cheney, Adam Kinzinger, um, Hunter Biden. The, the, everyone is still obsessed with Donald J. Trump. But now they're obsessed with him and we don't have anything to show for it. The world's gone to complete you know what. Let them be obsessed with him. But also we can at least benefit from him being president. Because he's going to get blamed for everything either way. So let's put him in charge so he can at least get some some stuff done while he's getting blamed for everything. That's my case to the American people. If you agree, 
Wonderful. If you disagree, call in. 844-500-4242. We got more sound to get to. Lots more to talk about. And also the protesters, Jared. The protesters were there last night bothering, uh, heckling Joe Biden, which really drives him crazy. You know, it really, really bugs him that this demographic specifically, these young radicals, that they don't like him. You know, he, he, he wants to be liked by this group so badly. Which, what does that say about this guy? The radical anti-Semites are who he's trying to please the most. It's the only time you're not going to hear him getting real fresh is because he doesn't want to tick off these people. We'll talk about that. We'll take your calls when we come back. Don't go anywhere. I want to let everybody know that uh, the Eden Pure thunderstorm really came in clutch during the holiday season. Because, you know, you're, you're entertaining, you're cooking, there's a lot of smells going on. You want to clear them out once the guests leave. You know, it's great to have steak. It's great to have delicious stuff. But then when people leave, you want that, that pure smell. You want everything gone. And also, if you have people staying in your house, I know for me, my basement gets that musty smell. I turn on the thunderstorm and poof, it's gone. Plus, right now, which I really love, you can get the three-pack. And there's so many uses for this. If you want to be generous, if you want to be very nice, you can use one of these as you can give it as a gift to someone who's been meaning to try it. But if you want to keep all three for yourself, you'll definitely find a reason for each of these Eden Pure thunderstorms, Jared. Yeah, I like to keep one in the house. Uh, I like to keep one in the car because each unit comes with its own USB cable that you just plug into the unit plug it into the usb port in your car and you get that ionized air in your car uh, it's great for any car smells whether it's you know stale fast food bags hypothetically or if it's gas oil smells things like that um you just turn it on and it gets that fresh air in the car the same way it does in your house and that's the beauty of the three pack you can have one uh, you can have one in your basement, you can have one in the house, and you can have one in the car. You get that fresh air everywhere. And with a three-pack special, you can, like Jared said, you can use them everywhere. And you can also give one as a gift to somebody if you want them to be able to try it. All you have to do to get your hands on this is go to EdenPureDeals.com. Use code GRACE3. That's EdenPureDeals.com, code GRACE3. So it's code GRACE and then the number 3 to get this awesome deal. Go there now. Get your hands on the three-pack. We will be right back. People are on the line. They want to talk about the age factor and so much more. We'll get to all of it on the other side. You're listening to The Grace Curley Show. This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Perfect Smiles. Don't be fooled by imposters with similar names. If you're unhappy with your smile, you need to visit Dr. Bruce Houghton in Nashua. Call 1-844-A-PERFECT-SMILE or visit perfectsmiles.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurleyshow.com, is when do you think Nikki Haley will drop out of the race after South Carolina? After South Carolina, but then run as no labels candidate or not until after the convention in July. I was going to put up never as an option, but we have to be a little realistic. I'll say not until the convention. 22% say not until after the convention. 21% 
say after South Carolina, but will run as the no labels candidate. And 57% believe after South Carolina, she will call it quits. Yeah, Caroline Levitt was on Fox this morning and was talking about how um, if if she doesn't drop out after South Carolina, that could be political suicide for her. I mean, she's this is a state she was governor of. She's going to lose by all polling suggestions and by the fact that none of the leaders in South Carolina are supporting her. And at, at a certain point, you got to pull the plug. Uh, let's go to Greg. You're next up on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I wanted to. Oh, I'm sorry, Greg. Your connection stinks. Call back, though. We'll, we'll get you more calls as the show goes on. So definitely call back. Steve, you're up next on the Grace Curley Show. Go ahead, Steve. Yeah, hi, Grace. How you doing? Good. What's going on? Good. Um, yeah, just uh, based on how um, Trump's. Um, uh, first presidency went and how he started everything out with there. He was so unprepared um, for taking office. Um, I just can't do that again. You know, it's just uh, can't go there. He just have no faith in um, what he'll be able to do for us. When you say he was unprepared, what what are you referring to? Like, what did you not like about the way he ran the country? Yeah, I guess there were um, there were lots of. Uh, just the, the, his understanding of his uh, the entire government, you know, um, all the different offices, uh, Department of Energy, Agriculture, what everybody does there, you know, I just don't think. But he, Steve, but Steve, hold on. Let, let, me, let me ask you this, though, because I don't disagree with the fact that he could have had better picks. I think he's acknowledged that and hopefully he's learned from that. But as far as the border being more secure, inflation was a lot, a lot less than it is now. Um their gas prices were lower. I mean, your your way of life, your quality of life was better. There were not wars breaking out, you know, every other day. I think our troops were safer. Do you acknowledge those things? Yeah, absolutely, Grace. Um, but I guess the one big thing I've been voting on for years is the debt. And, um, uh, you know, trying to, you know, having, you know, everybody put in money towards, um, you know, every spending always increases and nothing ever gets cut. So we're constantly going down a, a bad way. And, um, uh, yeah, I don't know how to fix that, but uh, something's got to change. Yeah, and I hate to sound like a pessimist, but I don't think any candidate that that we have right now is uh, are going to be able to decrease the debt in a significant way. Um, maybe, Steve, you know something I don't. But if that's your issue, then that's your issue. I'm not going to try to talk you out of it if that's what's most important to you. That's not what's most important to me. I hate to I hate to say that, but it's just not. I care a lot more about our border being secure. Um, I care a lot more about my bills being lower. I care a lot more about just these everyday issues. I, I hate to sound like a broken record, but the bread and butter issues that make up my day-to-day life. And also... If you want to talk about it from the perspective of other countries, just everyone, everything was safer when Trump was president. We'll be right back.